chapter 21, rather 19, how to read the Federal Register. Suppose you take an issue at the Federal Register where all executive orders are printed, open it at random, and read this. Upon consideration of a plan for joint action filed with the Office of Defense Transportation by the persons named in Appendix 1 hereof to facilitate compliance with the requirements and purposes of General Order ODT 3 revised as amended by a copy of which plan is attached hereto as Appendix 2 and it appearing that the proposed coordination of operations is necessary in order to assure maximum utilization of the facilities, services, and equipment and to conserve and providently utilize vital equipment materials and supplies of the carriers and to provide for the prompt and continuous movement of necessary traffic the attainment of which purposes is essential to the successful prosecution of the war. It is hereby ordered that 1. The plan for joint action have above referred to is hereby approved and the carriers are directed to put the plan in operation forthwith, subject to the following provisions which shall supersede any provisions of such plan that are in conflict herewith, end of excerpt, and so on, point two to point nine for two more columns. Now what is all this? What does it mean, if anything? How is anyone supposed to read it and make sense out of it? If we analyze Federal Register prose with our yardstick formula, we find that it is obviously designed to make reading as difficult as possible. The sentences simply never stop, colloquial root words are carefully avoided, and there is never a hint of who is talking to whom. On top of that, just to make sure anybody can read straight through, paragraphs are tied together with ends and that's fancy legalisms like hereto or herewith litter each line, and names that have to be mentioned are skillfully tucked away in the appendix. Are we stare at our, rather, as we stare at our random issue of the Federal Register and wonder why the government tries so hard to make its publications unreadable, we suddenly find a clue to the puzzle. After the nine-point ODT coordination order with which we started, there follows another nine-point ODT coordination order in exactly the same words, only the persons mentioned in Appendix 1 are different. This is startling, but as we look further, we find a third identical order and a fourth and a fifth. In fact, the whole issue seems to be full of repetitions of one and the same order. As we count up, we find that there are 17 of them, all starting with, quote, upon consideration, 
unquote. And winding up with the appendix, slowly we begin to understand the Federal Register is not supposed to be read at all. It simply prints things so that someday, somewhere, some government official can say, yes, but it says in the Federal Register, all this government stuff, in other words, is not reading matter, but prefabricated parts of quarrels. If nobody would ever quarrel with us, the government says we could write such a coordination order very simply. Fast Freight Lines, Inc. and trustworthy trucking company, gentlemen, you recently filed with us a plan for joint action. We approve of it and you can start right away. Follow these rules. And so on. But the government says somebody will say we had no right to issue such an order, so let's put it in something about essential to the successful prosecution of the war. And then somebody will say that the original general order was never published, so let's give the page numbers in the Federal Register right here. And then somebody will say that his case is different from that of the 16 other companies. So let's print the order 17 times over, once for each company. And somebody will say this, and somebody will say that, and people will try to tear sentences out of context. So let's work everything into one sentence. They will deliberately read false references into pronouns, so let's never use pronouns, but repeat such plan each time we talk about it. They will say that requirements doesn't mean purposes. So let's write requirements and purposes. They will say that conserve is not the same as utilize. So let's put in conserve and utilize. Then they will say utilize means to use in any old way. So let's make it conserve and providently utilize. In short, the government says citizens are mean, quarrelsome characters who will break every rule at the drop of a comma, so let's be just as nasty from the start and block every possible move with a blistering arm-to-the-teeth order. So, if you, a peaceful law-abiding citizen, want to read something that is written in federalese, here's what you do. First, try by all means to find a rewrite, press release, covering letter or anything where the same information is given without all the quarrelsome byplay. Only if there is nothing else, read the original. Second, skip everything that is just a formal requirement and try to find the meat as quickly as possible. Don't turn back to read the preamble. It isn't worth it. Third, find out who is covered. In our sample ODT order, you would start with the tail end, Appendix 1, and find in small print that this order deals with Fast Freight Lines, Inc., and the trustworthy trucking company. Fourth, don't bother with finding out who wrote this stuff. Government officials are famous for never signing what they write and never reading what they sign. Our sample ODT order is signed by the ODT administrator who never read it and was written by a subordinate 
official whose name you'll never know. That's why Federalese is full of its and passive constructions. Quote, it is hereby ordered, unquote, is a typical buck-passing sentence. Try to find out who is ordering you around, and they'll send you up and down the line. Fifth, remember that an ordinary case like yours doesn't interest the government, which is busy fending off all those inveterate lawbreakers. They are barely mentioned between the lines, if at all. Here, for instance, is a sentence from a price regulation. Unless, parentheses, naturally, since most government orders deal with unlikely possibilities somebody might bring up, the most popular word in federalese is unless. It is so happens that unless is also the most difficult world word in the English language. Try to read and understand. Unless you don't disapprove of saying no, you won't refuse. Here we go again. Begin excerpt. Unless the Office of Price Administration or an authorized representative thereof shall, by a letter mailed to the applicant within 21 days from the date of filing, the application disapprove the maximum price as reported. Such price shall be deemed to have been approved subject to non-retroactive written disapproval or adjustment at any later time by the Office of Price Administration. End of excerpt. Now what does that mean for an ordinary person who has reported a ceiling price? Let's see. Suppose your price is not so high that OPA would disapprove of it. Then OPA would simply not answer, and if 21 days go by without an answer, you would know that your ceiling is all right. All you have to do is send in your application and sit tight for three weeks. So here is what the Federal Register says between the lines. You must wait three weeks before you can charge the ceiling price you applied for. OPA can always change that price. If they do, they will write you a letter. <laughs>